Hello, and welcome to the Yet Untitled podcast featuring me, Ray Hogg, and... Clive Cookson. Oh, Clive Cookson, yes. A very sexy Clive Cookson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're starting this new podcast just to kind of chat about games and just random going-ons, I think, but primarily games. Um, so how are you doing, Clive? Are you playing anything cool recently? Uh, doing very well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I've been uh, playing a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima. Very good. Uh, I hear that's a great game. Um, yeah. At the moment, I haven't really been playing much. It's been more kind of on the PC side. I've been mm. playing uh, a bit more Rocket League, of course. You got that shit hot PC to be testing out. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what was it? Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy I've been playing on the PC as well. I know you've been playing a bit of that recently yeah. as well. I only, I only finished the first game, um, was it two weeks ago? That game is a bitch. <laughs> I, I know. So much. To be honest, I actually think it's harder than the original game, which is kind of scary to say. I think I have to apologize to a lot of people I grew up with. When I used to see people and they had Crash Bandicoot, I always just think, this is a kid's game. Why are you playing that? It looks so stupid. <laughs> and then when I actually played, I'm just like, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> that game is bloody tough. It's brutal. And to be honest, they did a really good job on the the latest remaster and i can't wait yep. to play the next one but yeah my god it, it just seems like the hitboxes were made a lot mm. worse in this new game a bit more punishing anyway yeah i mean it, funnily enough like it was nice to actually play a game that wasn't an open world rpg for once because <laughs> that's just all i've been playing for the last while like i what was it before lockdown i had like death stranding then i was playing assassin's creed odyssey last year and I, I'm sure I finished something just before starting um, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, so it was nice to actually play like something that's a proper um, platformer, screen runner, whatever those games are called. Are, are they called screen runners? Or I guess you could where, say where uh, you're running to or from. Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, technically, you could technically say it's a platformer, really, as well, couldn't you? Yeah. Actually, Trish found a, like a really cool thing. Actually, I think it was Trish. Apologies if this isn't true, sure, but someone else who told me this. But she knows that um, in Uncharted 4, do you know where you play Crash Bandicoot at the, like, I think it's like the first hour or two into the game? Yes, yes, and when Nathan and, uh, yeah. And there's a scene later in the game, maybe this was someone else who told me this, that when Nate is running away from the trucks in the Himalayas, that it's the exact same as Crash Bandicoot. Yes. Like he's jumping over stuff and, and trying to get across things. Was that you that told me that? Or was that... <laughs> I don't think it was me, no, but uh, that was definitely funny anyway. Yeah, it was just hilarious. <laughs> I actually think they um, pre-built an emulator into that game, didn't they? Uh, just to play Crash Bandicoot on, in that particular scene, which I actually thought was a really, really nice touch anyway. Yeah, because it, apparently it's not one for one like there there's you can't actually beat the score the first time you play through it mm. i don't think you can anyway i don't think you can now yeah and then when you play the game uh, like spoilers if you don't want to hear this and you have not yet played uncharted 4 there's a scene um later in the game where you play as uh nate and god her name escapes me Elena? no lena elena elena Elena, Elena, Elena Fisher, is it? No, his uh, partner, anyways. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you you play as their 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 kid, and she, I think she beats the score at the end. I think she does, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's uh that's the crack with that. Um, 
So we were going to start this podcast with a kind of jog down memory lane and we kind of put a question to ourselves and the question is what was the game that really kind of got you into gaming really sparked your interest and what do you remember about it and why did you love it so much so i guess i'll give this to you clive and i'll kind of give you my answer afterwards sure thing uh i mean like there's a lot of games i do remember growing up as a kid playing but the fact of the matter is like you know the the, the games like pong or mm. you know even games like james pond and all that kind of stuff i vaguely remember but yeah i always remember that just being like a random game one of my friends had on the mega drive i was just like what's this a james bond spoof Fuck yeah that. i mean I, I think i played it on the commodore 64 is the there one was a james bond go- on the commodore 64 yeah it was absolutely it was actually fun at the time but like i i vaguely remember it like as in you know i wouldn't be able to tell you what actually yeah. happened in it some of the levels but i guess that the one that stuck in my head was I mean, I was born in 86, and obviously this was a time where the NES came out and everything else. Mm. Uh, the first proper game I remember was, it was a dual pack. It was the Super Nintendo dual pack of Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, which was absolutely brilliant because it kind of introduced me properly to my first platformer game in Super Mario, which was honestly one of the best games I've ever played. Was, uh, um, that, was that game pack also on the nes it was a nes game yep well is the one you're talking about it's not on super nintendo and nope all oh, right right so that's the the classic one where it's the great cartridge and you see half is super mario hitting a block and half is the exactly yeah. all right yeah cool cool sorry did i call it super mario brothers i probably should call it mario brothers <laughs> <laughs> careful um, <laughs> gamers are a sensitive lot <laughs> i know but actually it is called super mario brothers slash don't go into yeah really yeah oh. um and the cool thing was, I guess you could say it was the the first kind of introduction to uh, a light gun game as well, which is kind of cool because, mm. I mean, we've had so much fun in the likes of the arcades playing, you know, Time Crisis and all that kind of stuff. So it was actually kind of cool that your TV, old CRT TV, could turn into something where you could shoot at, which is absolutely brilliant. But yeah. uh, Super Mario, I mean, I think the music, obviously very iconic amongst the gaming crowd. Mm some of the levels you would absolutely know off by heart i mean oh yeah just the whole platform um aspect of the game i thought was absolutely brilliant i mean you had great gameplay simple controls but very challenging at times um you had awesome power-ups you obviously had to (laughs) fight your way through uh tons of goombas in order to get to uh princess peach but uh Mm. i guess that was like yeah the first proper game that basically stuck with me because obviously you know me i'm a nintendo fanboy mm. i have the switch yeah, and everything yeah. else i think i've had pretty much every super nintendo or nintendo console growing up so yeah i think that would be the one for me anyway yeah that's a good shout um yeah because i've always known he was being kind of a way more nintendo person it's kind of one of those weird things for anyone who ever grew up in the 80s you're either uh sega or nintendo yeah <laughs> pretty much like, it, this <laughs> is what, when the console wars literally d- divided households and friendships yeah <laughs> now uh, fair enough i was lucky enough to have both but mm. obviously nintendo was the one that really really nice. stuck with me anyway yeah yeah and what about yeah yourself? i mean I, like um well just, just off that like i i think with the the whole nintendo sega thing i was 
I was so oblivious to Nintendo games for a long time because there was only one one of my mates growing up who actually had Nintendo. Everyone else was Mega Drive. And we used to always find his game so unusual. Um, yes. I think one of the first games I ever played on that was um, Ninja Turtles, I think it was, he had. And also Shadowgate, which was pretty awesome. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but my, um, my one's <laughs> stretching back a little older than yourself. Uh, me born in 83, I've got two older brothers who one Christmas were given a Commodore 64 and they were always very secretive about it. They would never let me play the thing because I was notorious for breaking stuff as a kid. <laughs> um, but one of the times when they actually let me sit in on one of our gaming sessions, they played this game called The Great Escape, which is based off the movie of the same name. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I was blown away by the the amount of detail and the amount of freedom that you had in this game like this is before like uh like normally like uh, i remember platform games and like basic platform games but i remember this game just having like really really cool mechanics so to describe it it's it's isometrical um so it's i believe that's the correct term right uh so it's at the maps at a kind of like a 45 degree yeah, isometric game, very, yeah. yeah it's very similar to like xcom on ps1 if you've ever played that and you play this person, uh, unidentified individual who's trying to get out of a German prison camp. Um, and it's just, there's so many things you could do in the game. It, it like the game itself is in black and white. So it's a black background with like white lines that define the rooms you're in. Like you only see, you see kind of like a um, cross section of the room you're in. So you can kind of see the, all the items. The whole mission was like, you have to pick up random items and certain items open certain rooms. You have to collect certain items before you can get, to other rooms and it even had like very early mechanics that you would see in in like games like Metal Gear Solid so it had a searchlight and if you're in the searchlight the the bell would ring in the courtyard and this German officer in big puffy pants would chase after you and if he <laughs> caught you you were pretty much done for but I just remember like this game just being like incredible I just couldn't believe that this was in my house and you could load it up anytime. Now, uh, in fairness, Commodore 64 games, when you load them up, they're notorious for like <laughs> glitching out and not loading properly. Uh, but I remember like even just the simple things of just the theme music. It had this really iconic theme music, like and it had like proper Commodore 64 chip bit kind of music. Like, mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's what really got me hooked. And then, obviously, springboarding from that, a neighbor had the Mega Drive, and I played Altered Beast for the first time. Nice. And, you know, seeing colors pop like that. And I think my parents bought it off my neighbor for Christmas. So we got that then between myself and my brother. And I had, like, Altered Beast, Sonic the Hedgehog, and something else. Nice. Um, yeah, we were blessed growing up with stuff like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny that you mentioned Turtles, because Turtles on the NES, uh, the original Nintendo, Mm. I remember because it was a game that frustrated me so much. Um, it was a great game in the beginning, but I think it was like a water level. Um, oh, the one like, with the jellyfish and the tentacles coming out from the walls. But the fact was there was some glitch in the game. Like oh, really? a lot of people tended to have some kind of glitch where you couldn't get past a certain point there. So oh, no way. I kept dying and dying and dying. I can never get past that thing to the point that I was like, you know what? 
I give up. This game is annoying. <laughs> um, that is probably the first game that's given me, I don't know, uh, gamer's frustration. I was half tempted to, you know, chuck my controller against the ball or something like that. Proper, was... proper rage quit. Oh, my God. But um, even Turtles back then, you know, uh, any of the games back then were absolutely brilliant, especially when you went to mm. the arcade as well. Like, um, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade games growing up. Oh, was something dude, that, that, that game is just amazing. And sure, it's a game we had a lot of fun with in... Uh, oh, God, what is the name of that place again? Barcade? Token? Token, Jesus. I would forget <laughs> that. My God. I was like, wait, you, you kind of forgotten the name of Token. I know. <laughs> this my... lockdown's getting to us, man. <laughs> it really is. It's It's been too long since I've been there. But even getting to relive oh, those yeah. games as well, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, I would love... A release of Turtles the Arcade on the next gen consoles. I know there's a massive licensing problem, and mm-hmm. um, like even they they did a remaster version of was it Turtles in Time that <laughs> came out on the Xbox 360. Yep. Was it? It wasn't. And yep. um, I know it's kind of like a reskinned, or was it? actually it was called Turtles in Time Reshelled or something, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it looked fine. Um, but by God, I, I regret so much not picking that game up when it was available on the xbox live arcade yeah but then again so much if you you didn't have it downloaded at the time it was taken off you wouldn't have been able to download it again anyway really yeah oh that's such bullshit i mean (laughs) it's not like apple where something is taken off but somehow you can find it in your history and be able to re-download it again but yeah Yeah. that's why even when the um was the e-shop on the wii closed not Mm. too long ago and basically, Nintendo were saying, like, look, download all the games you need now before, you know, you won't be able to re-download them again. So I yeah. guess that's a part of the problem with, you know, digital games where they're not guaranteed to can last forever on the cloud, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I guess, it, like, if you love a digital game so much and you're paranoid enough to kind of fear that it might disappear from your, your uh, store of choice, you should probably buy a physical version of it at some point. Yeah, um, but unlike the old have- days... You know, yeah. the, the whole, like, where, I don't know, back in the N64, back in the Super Nintendo days, the mm. whole game would be on the cart, and that was it. Mm. You don't have that uh, privilege anymore, unfortunately, where you buy a disc, and then you're going to have to buy, download, what, a 10 gig, 20 gig patch to play it? Yeah. I mean, like, some some of the more recent games haven't been too bad with that. Like, even Final Fantasy, like, I th- like uh, I'm kind of stumbling over myself here, but two of the bigger games that i've gotten recently so ghost of tsushima and the final fantasy remake um they actually they're not that harsh on the whole downloading thing purely because you have um you've probably seen it as well you have a data disc and you have a play disc yeah. so the data disc has all the the bulk of the stuff that needs to be copied to your computer and then the play disc obviously i i'm not really sure what's on the play disc <laughs> i don't pretend <laughs> i know anything about burning games um but i'm sure there's, there's enough kind of code on the game play disc Maybe it's the license key that's on the play disc. I don't know. Or God knows, peripheral know. data that allows you to play it. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like nowadays, you know, look at PT is probably a great um, like uh, current uh, issue where you kind of have a game that people did download, played, and, you know, now it's gone forever and you can't play that. But if you have previously downloaded it, I think you can get it, but you have to do a really arse about face way of doing it. Probably, um, yeah. And like loads of people are saying, if you if you find someone who has a PS4 and PTs downloaded on it, apparently increases the price of the console massively. Mm. Like that's just crazy in itself. Yeah. That like having a digital game on a console increases its value. 
To be, to be honest, uh, honestly, remember when that whole Flappy Bird craze came out and everyone was playing it? Yeah. I mean, like, there was a, they obviously took it off the, um, was it the Android store and the Apple store and everything else? And they yeah. were actually selling iPhones with Flappy Bird pre-installed, trying what? to up the price on it as well, yeah? No way. Yeah. God. It was one of the weirdest bad. things I've ever seen, but hey. That is very, very, very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> This is absolutely mad. But then again, that's just the way digital games are. Although, um, speaking about Turtles again, there's, I can't remember what bloody game it is, but I know a PlayStation 2 Turtles game comes pre-packed with, uh, I think it's either Hyperstone Heist or Turtles in Time on it. Oh, I think I know the one you're on about. I don't know whether it's the, whether it's TMNT or do you know the newer Teenage, it must be the TMNT. Because I don't think the newer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, the Nickelodeon one, was out at the time. Yeah. I could be wrong. I might need to Google that. Um, no, there is uh, da, 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 GameCube, PlayStation 2. Sorry, I'm just looking up because I was very tempted. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think it was just called. Um, released for PS2, Xbox, PC, and GameCube. And did it is include... that the one that comes pre-packed with... Hyperstone Heist, because I would be so tempted to pick up that game if it if it comes prepackaged with like Hyperstone Heist on it. Because I'm no, there's no way I'm buying Hyperstone Heist on cartridge from anyone because it's just ridiculously expensive. <laughs> and was it even that great a game from what I can remember? I don't know. Um, yeah, I always I always thought that the Gen like sorry not Genesis Mega Drive version of the because there's three different games there's the arcade game yeah then there's uh turtles in time which is the snes version of the and arcade then game really isn't it yeah and then there's hyperstone heist which is the mega drive version of the arcade game um so i don't know actually yeah, to be I honest with you, there's so many good games released with the turtles and it's kind of a shame that you don't see much of it nowadays anyway yeah, and it's it's almost a pity that they haven't really brought out a good multiplayer turtles game recently. I know mm. there was it um uh the guys who make the really good licensed games. Um what's their name? Not, oh god, uh, there's a few of them, aren't they? <laughs> uh, they did the Transformers one and then they got the license to TMNT and it's not a platinum games, is that? That's the one. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. So they're the ones who um basically had uh like the turtles license from the shadows, I think it's called, or, or into the shadows, and it's it just everyone's like, "Oh, this is going to be a great Ninja Turtles game. It's going to be this, that, and the other." And it was rubbish. It was yeah. like literally just a throwaway, beat 'em up, rubbish game. In fairness, it was Which great is- to see them in Injustice Two, though, as selectable characters. Because oh, my yeah. god, they are my favorite characters in that game. I don't care what anyone says. The fact I can play as all all four of them is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, like, unfortunately, yeah, their 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 models are basically just the same model, just palette swapped. But look, for having the Ninja Turtles in a fighting game, you know, the last time that was around was what uh, Tournament Fighters. Oh, jeez, yeah, yeah that's going back, back a while, yeah. though. I think Tournament <laughs> Fighters was on SNES as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was on a few different consoles actually. Um, I think it might have actually had a NES version as well, which I think is supposed to be rubbish. Oh god, I don't think I'd want to play that. But, um, like speaking of game, like going back, like do you even remember the first game that you properly, properly, like hardcore got into? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think the first game I really tried to play and beat is Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Um, and I remember it just tearing my hair out at the time, and I had a lot of it. Um, <laughs> like, some of the zones were just unfair. Like, the first, like, obviously, Green Hill Zone's classic. Uh, Marble, Marble Arch Zone? Marble, Marble Zone? God, I can't remember. I think it's just called Marble Zone. Um, but then, like, you know, all these levels were fine. And there's one level in particular, I think it's Labyrinth Zone, and it's just unfair. <laughs> it just is literally unfair. There's a scene in it where, or like a part in it where you get to a point and the water's rising and you have to continuously keep jump and jump to get up. Um, but the water just rises way too bloody quick in the yeah. game. Um, and then I, you get I, the bubbles and bubbles and you're like, oh no, there's yeah. no more. Oh, I'm drowning. My heart would always raise when that happens. Oh, I I probably have PTSD that if I heard that music now, I would start getting palpitations. Yeah, I mean, like that. That's probably the first game I really sat down. I don't think I ever really, actually, no, that tell a lie. I actually did beat that game. It's just so long since I've played it that I always forget that I had beaten that game because I think shortly after I kind of fell out of love with games for a long time mm. until I got my xbox 360 i actually delved into pc for a bit as well um more on that in a bit um <laughs> what about yourself what was the game you first kind of sat down to try and write i am going to beat this mofo honestly um pokemon um when i got pokemon red back in the day on All the right. game boy um dad my dad he uh helped me import it from america because it wasn't available for ages in europe so he imported the u.s version Really? I, yeah, I started playing it. Obviously, I had a year. I think it was a year later it came out into Europe, but I had a year's That's head crazy. start against all my friends, which is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but um, the whole Pokemon craze was going on. Yeah. And I heard about this game. I read it in all the magazines. I was like, oh, I need it. I need it. I need it. And, you know, you get to choose your starter Pokemon and everything else. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finish this game. I'm mm. going to get all the Pokemon. I'm going to get all 150 Pokemon. And I, it, I guess it was probably my first introduction to even a JRPG as well. And oh, really? A, a turn-based strategy game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or not really strategy, but a turn-based combat game. Um, and I'd say that's probably one that's really, really stuck with me as well, because you know what a mm. big Pokemon fanboy I am as well. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, well, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp as well. Like, I'm a proper Gen 1 pokemon lover mm. like gen one to me just resonates and I, I guess it just depends what age demographic you're in but gen yeah. one properly resonates with me like i just i identify with all of those pokemon like their noises everything like even from the anime show like when you see bellsper you go bellsper. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean obviously getting to choose between bulbasaur mm. uh charmander and squirtle you know and then the whole what was your what was your go-to starter charmander has to be yeah yeah same now, i know Although, a lot of people recommended bulbasaur because you had brock at the start with the rock gym and then yeah was it uh misty afterwards and bulbasaur is uh, an easier start as yeah. well because uh, don't grass type they grow quicker the exp goes up faster mm. than other types yeah i just thought charmander was awesome and then turned into charizard oh, so i was like come on <laughs> got a dragon even though he's <laughs> technically not a dragon type it yeah, makes true. no sense i know it's kind of strange but oh uh, well what can you what do flying fighting is that what charizard is uh flying fire pokemon 
Oh, flame fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's the most dragon looking Pokemon of them all. How He's is probably more dragon, dragon than Dragonite, really, doesn't he? Oh, there's other like <laughs> clouds that are dragon types and stuff, and like this fucking thing isn't dragon. <laughs> but I mean, the, yeah, I, I guess that was probably one the ones that stuck with me because I played it on the old Game Boy, and mm. like you know that big kind of um, white block, you know the original Game Boy. Oh yeah, the 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 proper DMG is that what it's called? DMG, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. but um, classic. Yeah, I. I I would hate to kind of try and figure out how many hours I actually put into that game because I would say hundreds and hundreds of hours I actually put into that game. Um, you know, even separate playthroughs and everything else. But uh, Please tell me you at least had a power pack for that. Oh, God. No, I did not. <laughs> you didn't have an AC adapter for the Game Boy? Wow, the amount of batteries you must have chewed up. <laughs> well, that was my parents' problem, really, so I don't care. <laughs> Where's are all these fucking batteries coming oh, from? Oh, my God. I think I got the power packs when the Game Boy Advance came, kind of came out. Yeah. I think that, that, or did they have any for the uh, Game Boy Colors? Maybe I think uh, they probably like did. Power have, packs. Yeah. I, I assume they did. Must have. I yeah. think all those Game Boys had power, had like a, an ability that you could charge it through AC. As far as I know, no, it could be wrong. You know, you can correct me on that. Yeah. Um, but speaking but of I which, remember, yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember the Game Boy Advance when it first came out? The uh, original it, model. Is that the backlit one? No, uh, the Game Boy Advance SP, which came out afterwards, the flip-up one, yeah, was yeah a backlight one, but it was like um, a longer kind of console Game Boy Advance, but it had no backlight. It was probably impossible to see in the light, so you really? had all these weird worm light adapters that went over the top of the screen to try and yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the original Game Boy like that. Like it had every type of accessory that could go with it. It had like a magnifying glass to see a bigger yeah. screen. It had a <laughs> snake light so you could actually see the screen. But the thing, thing even had a printer. <laughs> but for but for some reason I'm like, huh, okay. Uh like for some reason I don't remember the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color as being something that was hard to see, which is kind of strange, mm. but the Game Boy Advance was something that really annoyed me because you could barely see it. <laughs> Was it, I remember the Game Boy Color was a little weird because, well, you see, the, the original Game Boy had a contrast knob on it. I think the, yeah, contrast knob, yeah, because the yeah. Game Boy and the Game Boy Pocket, the original one, mm. yeah, both had contrast knobs where you could obviously darken and lighten and What Weren't there contrast knobs? There was more like a slider. So, like, maybe it was kind of trickier to see. Whereas the old Game Boy, it was like a little rotary kind of, um, it was like a, like a wing nut that you almost like oh yeah yeah those are the rolled. ones yeah because i have a couple of old game boys around and nice. as far as i remember it definitely was kind of a mm. like a circly thing that you just spun around yeah and then like obviously the yes like i had an old school um i actually had a pokemon theme sp which i regretfully sold and i've been kicking myself for years since yeah the Groudon was, one, yeah. wasn't it yeah the Groudon, but it also had the little uh Groudon pouch zip pouch that came with it telling you that thing must be worth a fair bit now i'd say Whoever so I sold that, can you give it back to me <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you the same price you paid for it oh my god yeah i'd say I that's worth a bit all right yeah yeah i think i sold it for like 20 euro or something oh my god the whole thing i was desperate i was fucking I was penniless at the time um god yeah pokemon and, red and blue yeah yeah i mean what can you do hmm and uh 
enough looking back. What about looking forward? Next gen consoles. We're on the doorstep of it. I mean, we're talking about it every week at this stage, aren't we? Mm, I'm just waiting for them to drop this goddamn price and release date. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of... I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing Microsoft has to do something where they're going to have to undercut Sony um, mm. on something. Now, if they do yeah. bring out this supposed Lockhart, that is going to be much cheaper. Mm. Brilliant. It's a nice kind of easy entry for kids. And, you know, parents might say, oh, give me the latest Xbox. Okay, what's the cheapest one? Yeah. There you go. That might be a good one. But um, going into next gen, I mean, I, I'm excited because it seems like a bigger leap than, you know, the Xbox 360 to the PS4 was. Because mm. I think I remember when we went from, you know, even PS2 to PS3 and was it the Xbox, the Xbox 360, it was such a big leap mm. that um, I think this is where we're going to see some really great looking games. But with the whole focus on, you know, faster SSD speeds and the likes of, say, the PS5, you mm. can see, you know, even more innovation in terms of, you know, particle effects or, you know, loading times and, you know, yeah. streaming textures and everything else. I think it'll be very exciting. But um, to be honest, from what's come out so far, I'm liking the fact that Xbox seems to be more, okay, here's our ecosystem. This is Game Pass. This is mm. xCloud. This is what we're going to offer. Um, and, you know, cross-play between Xbox and PC day one exclusives for the xbox mm. you can play on game pass on the very same day yeah i think they're going to give gamers a lot more choice but playstation seems to be very kind of i don't know they're they're kind of less forthcoming with you know big information right now mm. which yeah. uh, seems very interesting but i mean to be honest we'll see anyway yeah i mean the whole thing with for me and this probably sounds a little bit um uh, I, I can't remember the word. I'm trying facetious, maybe. <laughs> to me, PlayStation is just cooler. To me, that that like that. That's how I felt this generation. The PlayStation just looked cooler. It had cooler first party titles, like, um, like uh, hands up and disc uh, like disclosure. I'm a PlayStation person this generation. Previously, I was Xbox 360. Yep. But like PlayStation just won me. A the console was just cooler. Um, it better games like God of War. Well, I won't say better games, but look, it just had really cool first parties like God of War. Well, just, uh, just be honest, Ray. They had the better first party exclusive. So yeah, yeah, like they honestly did. Um, and they just the the controller was nicer. Um, I don't know. I, I always struggle to kind of pinpoint exactly what makes me love PlayStation in this generation it's just a little bit of everything it's just it's it's cool overall and also the first parties are just fantastic and look they still kind of churned out amazing first parties right up until this generation ends like yeah. even with ghost of tsushima like they could have held out a couple of months and just made that a launch title on ps5 they decided yeah. no you know what if this is the swan song of the ps4 let's go out on a high and that game is beautiful by the way um do pick it up if you haven't picked it up it's it's pretty pretty amazing um whereas xbox i think have a great chance of taking this generation purely because they are doing amazing things like you said dropping like triple a games day one on game pass like if sony just started doing that 
that would make Microsoft nervous. But Sony, for some reason, are just really hesitant. And I don't know whether it's because maybe they're making enough money off the first parties physically or like by not being on a streaming service platform like that. But when I see the games that are on Game Pass and I have a friend who actually has Game Pass and he just doesn't he doesn't think to play these games. He's <laughs> like, oh, you know, I must go out and get buy a new game. I was like, dude, that game's on Game Pass. He goes, what's that? He's like, you can play for free. Just download it. Like he's playing Red Dead Redemption at the moment, Red Dead Redemption 2. And he was going to go out and buy it. I was like, dude, do you have Game Pass? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like part of the monthly subscription thing? I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, why? Red Dead Redemption 2 is on it. You can just download it and play it for free. <laughs> he's like, what? So people who even have Xbox don't know that they have this thing. But true, yeah. You know, people people with PlayStation just don't have it. Like I know there's Play PS now, and I honestly haven't really delved into it. But there is a very similar ecosystem, but they just don't have like the hard hitting first party titles on there. I mean, to um, be honest, I guess the main problem with PS now is because like they have the PS3 games, PS2 games, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Some PS4 games. Um, originally, it was all streaming where you couldn't yeah. download any. I think now hmm. you can download the PS4 games as far as I know, oh, uh, really? which is fine. But I just think they need to kind of... I know uh, their their engineers didn't do something like Xbox where, you know, they created their own in-house emulator to, you know, emulate the Xbox 360 games, the mm. Xbox games for this whole, you know, huge backwards compatibility kind of initiative, which is absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, I just think they need to probably do something like that. But I mean, even mm. Game Pass, like you said, Streets of Rage Four when that came out, that was yes day one on that, day Game Pass, which was I'm so jealous to me. <laughs> like, or even like, what was it? Grounded came out there, um, like a game I'm actually really looking forward to playing. I know it's quite basic, it's like a little base building, Honey I Shrunk the Kids mm. Minecraft game, uh, but just the the concept was just like, oh, I'm all in on that game, but yeah. I can't play it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't have a Xbox One, and I'm not going to buy one. I know, but I mean. I think it gives players choice. You get to try mm. out games, which you might not have even been able to try out before, which is brilliant. But theoretically, yeah. you wouldn't have to buy an Xbox first party game again because of Game Pass. Yeah, and I think that's really where they're going to push it. Like I was, I think we've probably talked about this kind of like before that right now that Sony have revealed that they're going to do an all digital console. Um, you know, they're obviously going to be pushing digital games. And I know the GameStop and things aren't happy about it. And I honestly think GameStop are not going to stock the uh, all digital versions. I think they're only going to stock the disc versions. They they actually are, Personally. though. Um, you think they are? Yeah. Yeah, because when I went into GameStop there the other day, because you know the way I already pre-ordered a uh, PS5 digital Ooh, deluxe. Controversial, controversial. I, well, I pre-ordered the <laughs> Xbox Series X as well, just saying. <laughs> you little git. <laughs> <laughs> but I went in there and I think I told you the story where I went in there and said, I want to get the digital deluxe version, please. Uh, yeah. Can I pre-order that? And he's like, are you sure you don't want to go for the, you know, the, the disc-based one? You know, it'll allow you to play your discs and everything else. It's like, well, most of my digital, uh, sorry, most of my collections digital anyway. I says, yeah, yeah but, you know, you won't have the choice between the two. And it's like, well, if 90% of my library is digital right now, I don't think I'm going to be going disc at any mm. stage soon, but they yeah. seem to be really pushing, obviously, the disc-based versions because that's where their money will come from. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And then the second-hand market and everything else. But, yeah, they are, I think, well, yeah, I mean, they have to 
give maybe the that's the choice thing. anyway that might be the thing it's like they won't like the stores won't give them maybe it's a, an apportionment thing like for every physical version they're trying to get, sorry disc version they're taking in they might have to have two discless versions maybe i don't know i don't even pretend to know how sales work uh, who, who <laughs> it's just it's a magic world people buy things <laughs> and sell things you know bye 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 sell 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 um i mean like i'm definitely going to be buying a disc-based version of one of the consoles uh only because it's a 4k blu-ray player for me mm-hmm. um and at the moment i have the base ps4 which i got years ago so it's only got the standard um blu-ray player sure it didn't, have the, didn't even the ps4 player. pro not have a blu-ray player as well like a hg does blu-ray PS4, player does it not i always thought the ps4 had was 4k I think it did 4K Netflix and all that kind of stuff, but as far as I know, it didn't have the 4K Blu-ray drive. Let me really? see here. That's mad. Um, yeah, while well, you're Googling that, like, I mean, I I think that if Xbox come out and they do, let's say hypothetically, and, and you know, shoot a shoot an arrow to the sky and see where it hits, um, they come out with their disc version and that's whatever 399 and they come out with their disc less version let's imagine that's 199 and microsoft take a massive financial hit on it but everybody buys it because it's really cheap Mm. and then they go by the way if you also tacked on to this is a 20 euro a month or 15 euro a month subscription to xbox ultimate is that what it's called now yeah and that gets you game pass which means triple a games day one like me as a person who loves my games i would be very hard to pass up that offer yeah i mean like yeah yeah i I would i would just be day one yeah absolutely give it to me but i mean the fact that game pass ultimate also gives you access to the ps uh, sorry the pc um game pass as well Mm. so even if you don't have technically you know, an Xbox, if you had a PC yeah. that was capable enough, you could still play the games as well, which is brilliant. Um, the fact xCloud will be included, the streaming platform will be included mm. with Game Pass as well. So if there's any games you want to try out and you don't have an Xbox or a PC, you could technically stream mm. it on your phone as well, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, but double checking into that, yeah, apparently a lot of people were very upset with PlayStation because they didn't include a 4K Blu-ray drive in the PS4 Pro. Okay, you helped me dodge a bullet there. (laughs) Where the Xbox One S and the X did have a 4K Blu-ray drive, which is kind of funny. Okay, because I was really kicking myself in in the the arse about that because I was kind of going, oh, I've, I've loads of really cool 4K stuff here and I don't really have anything to play it on. I was like, well, it just upgrade to the Pro. And I was like, nah, I'm pretty <laughs> close to the next generation. I don't really want to go out now and invest in a bloody new console. Um, <laughs> but hey, at least it's in the PS5. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm really looking forward to that. Like, just being able to... Well, well, I mean, are, are, you, are you going day one with any console? Um, well, I've pre-ordered both, so I'm guessing I have to go day one with right. both. <laughs> no, You're going to do two separate pickups at midnight. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I, I obviously got the Xbox because Anne really wants one. That seems to be her kind of yeah. platform. So, uh, But, I mean, to be honest, the amount of games I've been playing on the Xbox One X as well, probably a mm. bit more than PlayStation as of recent, but... 
Yeah, I haven't seen you online in a very long time, actually. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like uh, with work and everything else, I've had a bit less time to play games. And you know mm. me, Nintendo fanboy, it's a bit easier to uh, <laughs> pick up the Switch and just play that on the yeah. couch or something like that. Um, absolutely. But now you said PS4 before. You said, "Oh, it looks absolutely brilliant." I thought it looked better, and so on and so on. What do you think of the looks of the consoles this coming generation? I, <laughs> I'm a little bit on the fence about it all. Um, like obviously, you know, we've all seen the memes and the jokes about the PS4 looking like a bloody, like a fucking router or like a black <laughs> folder with two pieces of white bread the other side, or the one with the disc um, drive. It looks like someone just put yeah. a wallet in their uh, pocket. It looks like someone's like it looks like it got deformed by the sun or the heat or something. Um, <laughs> like definitely, I think the Xbox looks like a much cooler console this generation it which looks is like really a pc weird. tower which is cool yeah yeah and it, it just looks like like a, a humidifier or something like it's just this <laughs> square tall tower thing um whereas like the ps4 yeah it looks like something that a games console back in 2007 designed by apple would look like um you know really unachievable curves and angles and i mean going off I don't really care about that anymore. Like I know I said last generation, our PlayStation looked really cool because that's just what I liked about it at that time. But dealing with PlayStation and also the Xbox, I mean, you can confirm if this is true or not. They need to do something about these fucking fans. Yeah. Like I'm playing my PlayStation in series and there's like really quiet, like intimate or sneaky scenes. It's like, I'm sneaking around and you hear the bushes <laughs> creeping through the, through the bushes. Like, like this really quiet and in the background all you hear is yeah, pretty much like this is my fucking thing is starting to take off like a jet engine uh, to be honest um, with you like uh the the xbox when it first came out the xbox one to be honest it was pretty quiet but that was only because it was a ginormous thing like bigger mm. than a vc war player mm. um the xbox one s i've always found to be quite enough but yeah there were times where it would get pretty loud um the xbox one x though has been very quiet for me yeah it emits a lot of heat but that's okay. because it's got some mad kind of you know vapor chamber kind of assortment really? and a huge heat sink on the inside so okay. that kind of you know helps it in terms of you know um the loudness of the fans and noise mm. and everything else um with the whole design of the xbox series x they've got as far as i know one huge fan at the top yeah, and obviously all the heat will rise from within inside the console. So yeah. basically that fan at the top is just to exhaust as much heat as it can as soon as possible. Yeah. So honestly, I think with the design of the Xbox Series X, it might be the quieter console. But then again, we don't know mm. exactly what's inside the PS4 right now, or sorry, the PS5 right now. Yeah, We see the shape from what it seems like. It seems like there's a lot of fans on the inside at the sides. Mm. So... Um, until we can actually see a proper breakdown similar to what the Xbox Series X showed. Um, yeah. Probably won't know, but it I would say it is a huge thing for them because mm. they have heard the feedback where their PS4 Pro would sound like a jet engine and everything else. I think even Mark Cerny did call that out before as well, didn't he? On that really boring uh, presentation. <laughs> what presentation? Oh I fell asleep. <laughs> if I'm never suffering from insomnia, I'll just put on that bloody presentation again. Yeah, but I'd say thermals and maybe noise levels as well mm. will be something that will be important to them anyway this generation. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, look, I, I think I've gotten to the point and I'm at that age now where I kind of, I honestly don't care what the console looks like. It's in my entertainment center. It's hidden away. I just want the games to look good and I want the, the functionality of the console to be good and I want it to be quiet. Yeah, true. So but it's funny away. you say that because I'm like, okay, it looks great, but will it fit into my entertainment cabinet right now? because some of the mock-ups i'm seeing of the ps5 it's gonna be slim enough but it's gonna be very tall so i'm like Mm. where am i gonna put that in my entertainment like i bought a bloody uh (laughs) entertainment kind of little cabinet thing for you know my ps4 my xbox one x and everything else and as soon as i saw these console designs coming out i'm like you know what they're not gonna fit now i'm gonna have to get a different one (laughs) Mm. yeah it's crazy actually isn't it um Moving on from that then, um, like I kind of had a bit of two points to kind of touch on from this. Like we, I don't know, we kind of said, like, how do we feel about next-gen games mm. or consoles? But like, is there anything that, what do you think they should avoid um, doing this generation that they've done in the current gen? Um, is there any like peripherals that they just need to shelve? Is there something that they should bring out? Well, obviously... Uh, I think the main thing which Xbox is doing well right now is leaving Connect in the dust. <laughs> yeah, I, Jesus. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that was one thing that really kind of put a dampen on, you know, their whole release where it was all you mm. know TV, 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 sports, sports, TV, TV. Um, like I'd say more about the games. I d- I don't care about peripherals or peripherals or you know mm. haptic feedback or you know analyzing my sweat or all these rumors that i'm hearing yeah. right now but i just want good games i want good gameplay mm. i want to see innovation i think a lot of the time they might have played it a bit too safe developers mm. you know in, in this last generation but i think with the power of the next consoles the speeds and the ssds and everything yeah. else um I just want to see them innovate more. Mm. Um, again, it's just stop focusing on all the gimmicks. Just focus on the core gameplay. What this new technology can bring, you know, to your games. Um, like you said, as long as it looks good, brilliant. But mm. I want it to run good. Um, so yeah, seeing all these kind of things where you know. Uh, I think it didn't Sony announce that Miles Morales the game will have you know, like a 4K 60 mode, but it'll also have a performance mode as well. Yeah, I mean it's that seems to be something that the, some of the developers are kind of touching on is that they'll either promote either high frame rate or high graphics, so, yeah. but you won't have both. The leader just be championing one or one or the other. Yeah. So if you want your games to run as smooth as possible, like super fast, like maybe for fighting games, what they'll do is they'll dial down the graphics a bit. Yeah. But if you want it to look amazing, obviously you're only going to get like 30 frames a second or something like that. Because even seeing, you know, some of the stuff coming out about Halo Infinite where, you know, it'll Mm. support up to 120 frames per second for the online aspect, which would be really cool. Um, Mm. But I want to see smoother frame rates. I want to see smoother gameplay. Um, One thing I think studios need to do more is... Oh, even just quality control on the likes of say, do you watch Digital Foundry videos by any chance? Um, I only watched the one um that was there, the big one that that revealed loads of the Xbox stuff ages yeah. ago. I think that was the one we watched. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's more you know the games they analyze, how they analyze it, the frame mm. pacing, you know, frame stutters and everything else. Yeah. Um, 
like you're even seeing games coming out nowadays like uh the new deadly premonition game where mm. it runs at a terrible frame rate a lot less than 30 frames per second i think you said it dropped on your your thing to 12 dropped down point. to 8 to 12 frames per second Christ. which is terrible i think more quality control needs to go into games before they're released mm. i yeah. think there's no excuse for a game running badly i mean all that quality control all that you know testing and everything else should be done beforehand to you know ensure that it runs very smoothly yeah. I, I just want to see a smooth 60 frames per second in this latest generation i know mm. you know likes to say assassin's creed might be going at uh, 30 frames per second but that's because they really want to dial up the effects and yeah. the graphics and everything else that's fair enough but as long as it runs smoothly and i don't have terrible drops in frame rate that's what i want to see as well yeah i mean my one that i kind of want to see and it's a bit of a, a dream is what i really want <laughs> um is I I really bought into PSVR. I mean, I bought it on a bit of a whim um, a couple of years ago. I think about two, two, two and a half years ago. I just had a couple of extra quid in the pocket. I was feeling a bit kind of giddy and I saw someone was selling a console or sorry, a PSVR on adverts, which is anyone listening international is kind of like um, our version of Craigslist. Um, excuse me. Um, and I booted it up. Now, don't get me wrong; like it's it's nowhere near the fidelity and the quality of something like, say, the Oculus Vive or, or anything like that. But for the first time, I actually felt like I was out of my body playing something. Now, I was playing the the playroom and stuff like that, and it's just really weird. And obviously, that game's um, designed purely for PSVR in mind. But I would love to see. Uh, a new iteration of that like if, if it is going to be the yeah. ps vr2 or the ps5 vr yeah just where it did it like it doesn't have that weird kind of shutter door effect or when i'm wearing my glasses or anything like that it just it doesn't feel real like completely real yeah and the tracking is a little bit off and stuff like that but i saw the potential that was there and don't get me wrong like some of the games I played in PSVR are absolutely fantastic. Yep, I like, agree. Stuff like Resident Evil Seven is brilliant. I literally I can't play that game. I looked, I can't. Yeah. I, and I'm good with horror. Like I grew <laughs> up on horror games. Like horror games, horror movies. I watched Freddy Freddy Krueger when I was five. You know, gave me nightmares. But you know, I was a little bit desensitized to horror movies. But like playing that game in VR, like I think you and you and Johnny were over in my place. And it's playing it like creeping around the corner going, no, I don't want to go around yeah. the corner. <laughs> um, or something as simple as like Astro Russia Bot. Blood. Astro Bot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or Russia Blood where you're on the, the rail cart and you're, it's like a shooting gallery thing. It just see the potential of it. Yeah. And Beat Saber, I mean, come on. Oh, dude, yeah. Beat Saber is like a must play. Um, and I think I would love to see, like I know Sony have definitely won the accessible VR of this generation and i think i actually i was listening to a podcast not so long ago and i think it said something like there was x amount of millions of playstation sold but there was actually three or something million psvr units sold which is quite a large population of people playing yeah. psvr um well i would love to just see a slightly better vr headset obviously that doesn't have the wire connected to a breakout box 
yeah. that maybe the, the wands work a bit better, uh, the tracking is a little bit more um, intuitive or something like that. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's some way for it to be breedable because, by God, does your head get sweaty and nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think, yeah, but like with the, the processing and the power of the next gen console, I'd imagine they could handle a lot of that. Like, I'm a bit of a dumbass when it comes to like tech inside of consoles. So I'm probably just being a little bit kind of over eager, but I would just love to see like just the next step on VR. Now I know it's probably going to be a few years because they're not planning on, um, they, like they want PSVR to be compatible with PS5. Yeah. I so think they did say it, that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, unless they, you know, it's five years down the road or again, halfway through the life cycle, like the older PS4, uh, version. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's 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 kind of what I want. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, with you, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Where VR is something where I do want to see innovation as well. I mean, mm. like you've even seen the amount of time I've been playing with my um, Oculus Quest now. The mm. fact that you know it's a standalone VR, you know, no wires needed. You can cast your TV so your friends can yep. see everything as well. Um, the motion detection tracking and everything else seems very very good. I'm even mm. seeing more kind of innovations in terms of, you know, the development community where I've even seen things where they're not even using controllers. There's a whole hand kind of gesture thing they've kind of um, oh, nice. developed. So the hand tracking and the finger tracking is absolutely mm. brilliant on something so small. Um, yeah. So PSVR, I would be very excited to see a PSVR 2 if they can yeah. do something like yeah an external headset. I don't know, maybe even something like the Quest where technically you can connect it to your PC, you know, to mm. play Rift, uh, say, uh, the Rift games, or you can, you know, just play it standalone to play some of the more basic games. Yeah. If PSVR did something like that, I think that would be really cool where, you know, you could play your Beat Sabers or your Astrobots and everything mm. else as a standalone headset. But if you want to yeah. play, you know, really top quality games, just plug in a cable or something like that and be able to play it via your ps5 i think yeah. that would be very cool um i would like to see xbox series x implement some kind of um vr capabilities i think yeah i mean that that's a bit of a weird one that they i know that they've kind of obviously maybe they're running a bit behind this generation that they haven't really felt the need to get into the vr maybe yeah. they were waiting to see what the uptake from people were from sony and maybe they're going to start thinking about i i don't know what the relationship is between microsoft and something like htc or what did they have their own i know they had was it uh oculus is that it? Or... uh oculus would be facebook facebook which one which is the one that did the minecraft demo a few years ago what's that htc or is that oculus i think that might have been oculus uh if it was oculus then that would be facebook uh htc would be vive yeah 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 so i'm very i'm very surprised like with microsoft being like a massive computer giant that they haven't thought of their own doorstep or doorstop to try and get into the the VR situation. But then again, like VR is a very niche way of playing. Like there's some games yeah. you just can't play in VR. I tried playing Skyrim in VR and I wanted to rip my face off. Yeah. It just <laughs> makes you sick. Yeah. But then you could play something like Beat Saber, which makes you feel like a god. Yeah. But or I mean... um like what was that game where we played the uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, um, accounting plus. <laughs> God, <laughs> like that game is just amazing. But like you know, real real time st or not real time strategy for like first person games and VR are mm. just like really dis disorientating. Yeah, I mean, uh, like 
Microsoft were playing, you know, catch up since day one because of the whole, you know, misstep with Connect and Xbox of one mm-hmm. launch and everything else. Their whole motto now at the moment is they're trying to give gamers choice. So why not give them the choice to, you know, hook up, I don't know, even an Oculus Quest to yeah. an Xbox Series X because they have that whole deal with Facebook gaming where, you know, they're using them as a streaming platform now on their Xbox. Hmm. Why not do something there? We'll see anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy one. Um, here's to the future. <laughs> yeah, here's to the future. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. Um. Is there anything else you want to touch on? or No, I think we got everything there anyway. Yeah, we're slowly coming up to the one hour mark, which I think is probably a good place to leave the beta test podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Is that, that name taken? Name? <laughs> I don't know. Every name is bloody taken. People stop registering bloody podcast names so you can leave some for the rest of us. That would be nice, please. And thank you. <laughs> What what are you playing for the rest of the afternoon, or what are you playing next? Um, funnily enough, myself and Anne we're going to be playing a bit of uh, Mario Party on the Switch. Oh, nice! Um, I would recommend not to play it for too long because it's one of those games where you'd want to kill yourselves, uh, kill each All other. Right. Um, it's so competitive, and then even if you're working together, it's something where mm. you might get annoyed at each other if they mess up. So, uh, that's the game we're going to play when we're all together again. <laughs> oh. Brilliant. Whenever that happens, what, 2025? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, what about I yourself? I'm going to probably tip in away with a bit of Ghost of Tsushima, but I've also, I've reinstalled Dragon Ball Fighters um, nice. because I'm a glutton for punishment because um, I haven't finished the story campaign yet. I played through the Heroes campaign. I'm playing the Villains campaign now. Uh, and then I think there's a third campaign, which I haven't really uh, figured out what it is yet. It's probably some sort of like custom, like, what if scenarios or something like that but um i think probably for this evening i'm just going to cook a little food and then sit down and play a couple hours of ghost of tsushima nice samurai delightful samurai buzz crack and things (laughs) nice one Mm. so yeah that's it that's uh episode zero of the yet to be titled podcast with myself ray and clive and uh join us next time when we talk about who knows? We'll, we'll get see. to the side. Here's to the future. <laughs> we'll see. Here's to the future indeed. Thank you very much. See ya.